Hi, I'm Mary Sue Milliken. I'm a chef owner of Border Grill and Socolo, and I'm an activist for a healthier food system. And you're listening to Two Sharp Chefs. What's up, chefs, hospitality family, foodies? You're listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victa, chef and professional food photographer. Thanks for joining us. We started this podcast in June 2019 to honor Anthony Bourdain, a fellow chef who gave us all a better understanding of different cultures and people through his daring food adventures. We're here to expand the dialogue. We're two chefs cooking up raw, honest conversations about chef life, food, and the hospitality industry. So come on in. You can sit with us. Louis, um, we are talking about one of my favorite foods of all time, Creole Cajun food. Um, we have the owner of Craven Creole Food Truck. Um, and I'm super excited about it because my last trip before the pandemic was New Orleans. It was my first time there and it was just like gluttony, pure, amazing, delicious gluttony <laughs> the yeah. whole time. Um, I would have to say, so since we're talking New Orleans and Cajun Creole cuisine in pandemic provisions today, we have to talk about Cajun Creole food and our food. So mine is gumbo. um, And I had gumbo many times before I went to Louisiana and New Orleans, but um, nothing, 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 nothing like having it there. Um, Gumbo is actually the official cuisine of Louisiana. Not surprising there. Um, And what's really interesting is that it's derived from the word gombo, which um, means okra in West African languages. Um, I myself love a dark roux in a gumbo. Um, And of course, I love having like spicy sausage and seafood in mine. But I guess across Louisiana, different cities, different regions, the gumbo is different as happens with food. Louis, what is your favorite? Mine would have to be etouffee. Etouffee? Mm. Oh. Mm, it's all good. It's all good. So traditionally, they prepare etouffee with um, crawfish because crawfish is like a big thing over there. Mm-hmm. And those, those little buggers are like really hard to peel. I, uh, really yes. don't, <laughs> I really don't understand crawfish when I have to peel it, but eat it. Yes, Mitch I is will. like that too. Right? <laughs> He's like, I don't get any meat. <laughs> yeah. So, you dip it, you dip it, you dip it. <laughs> I'm like, you're you're tasty like a shrimp, but you're just too hard to peel. But I love uh, I love a quick uh, a shrimp etouffee over rice. It's so good. So fun fact about etouffee. It actually hails from the French word, which means to smother or suffocate. I and, did not know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes so, sense. So it is smothered in the Cajun Holy Trinity of onions, celery, mm-hmm. and bell pepper. Um, the Creole version of it has tomatoes. The Cajun doesn't. So, okay. I mean, however which way it's prepared, Edifé's a great champ. Like, actually have it over grits. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I could go all day with this. I mean, I could go beignet. I could go jambalaya. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh, ugh. All right. I'll go get her. So I'm sure now you are, oh, oysters, oysters, charbroiled mm-hmm. oysters. Oh yeah. my God. All right. Yeah. So now that we're talking about this, you're of course, Craven Creole. Let's go. Yeah. Louie, you feeling spicy today? Cause I'm yeah. feeling spicy. I feel spicy every day, but 
What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> um, we have the <laughs> owner of Craving Creole with us, Will Statton. Thank you for joining us, Will. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. All right. So we got to start with the obvious, which is why did you choose Creole cuisine over every other cuisine? Because I know that you're educated in many cuisines, just like the rest of us chefs. When it comes to the, you know, the Creole and the, the Cajun inspiration, you know, my dad's been cooking this stuff since I was a kid, all Southern food, whether it's been ham hocks and beans, greens, you know, I took his, a lot of his uh, recipes and a lot of things that he did. And I actually just delved into it and immersed myself years ago uh, into the Creole Cajun, you know, you know, scenario and thought, it's like, Hey, you know what? We got enough taco trucks out here. Let's mm -hmm. bring something that, that, you know, nobody really sees on the streets and, you know, whether it's po'boys, gumbos, you know, jambalayas. And that's uh, pretty much my love for it going down there. We have family down in Louisiana, not just New Orleans, like everybody is pretty much used to, but whether it's Monroe, Metairie and so forth. And uh, uh -huh. yeah, I just pretty much uh, threw myself into it completely. And here we are with Craven Creole. Now I have yeah. to ask. Real quick, we're from Louisiana because I'm obsessed. Monroe, which is kind of like the sticks, you know, it's uh -huh. the, the little, the hood area. Uh, Metairie, which right when you land in Louis Armstrong, yeah. you know, you got to pass Metairie to be able to get to uh, New Orleans. Uh, I have no, Shreveport, yeah. Baton Rouge, you know, all throughout. So a lot of times when I get asked, you know, that question or even people come up like, oh, so which part of New Orleans? And they forget that uh, Louisiana has so much so many other cities, so many other towns, so much yeah. uh, culture to it, to where New Orleans is, New Orleans is our Vegas strip. It yeah. pretty much to, to yeah. explain it. And so, you know, there's the Red Rock area, the Summerlin that we have here in Vegas, in, in Nevada period, Vegas primarily. And that's exactly how, you know, Louisiana is. It's not just the, the New Orleans part that a lot of people just automatically gravitate to. There's right. a lot of other parts that brought, you know, um, just the, the culture to what we have today. The thing that I love the most about like Louisiana is that their hospitality, it's part of their everyday lives. If you're, if you're from Vegas or from New York or from LA, you're, we're working at a fast pace all the time. Mm -hmm. You cannot be in a rush at any point down in Louisiana, <laughs> because yeah. if you are, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Sure. What I love about Louisiana food and, and Creole and Cajun cooking to me, and I noticed this the last, right before the pandemic, it was my last trip before the pandemic happened over to New Orleans. And it was my first time there. And what I really felt when I was there was that this is true American cooking. You know, a lot of people think, you know, it's like hot dogs and hamburgers and pizza. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is in some ways, you know, a lot of us were raised on it. But to me, like true American cooking started down there in the South. And it started with like, original cuisine that, like you said, was made up of all those flavors from different cultures, which really is America. You know, that's the yeah. real America is all the different cultures, you know, like, like they say, one day we're all going to like make babies together and we're, they're all going to be Brown, you know, just like a Brown yeah. room, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what I feel like Nola food does. You know what I mean? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like Louisiana food is like that. It's like all mm -hmm. this beautiful deliciousness that's everything put together like you just said and then you know yeah, it's, like it's, closely, an, it's an amalgamation of everything i've been stalking your facebook your instagram and everything because that's what i do and <laughs> i noticed that you like spicy food in general mm -hmm. and one of your posts and i'm not joking louie he literally said that he'll take thai food at a fucking 10 like i'm not joking 
And so if people don't, yeah, if people don't know, it's like Thai food is not like Mexican or Chinese. Thai is like Mm -hmm. so serious about their heat. Like when they say, you know, a three, they mean like a 10 in normal people's Mm -hmm. spice level. And so like, I like spicy food, but I'll go three, four, maybe. Bird's eye chilies. Yeah, but 10, are you serious with it? When I went to Lotus Siam the last time, I actually asked them with the the hottest, like, what we can get at a 10? I was like, cool. Give it to me at an 11. Brings it out. I eat it. Then they come back. Then they come back. And they're like, so uh, how hot was it for you? I was like, it was perfect. I was like, and the, the server was like, well, we actually have it to where it goes up to a 13 and 14. I'm like, I'm coming back for that next time. It's okay. it's just how I am. I love spicy. My grandfather used to, you know, from my mom's Indian side, he used to eat uh, serranos and habaneros as snacks. Like we eat popcorn. And so I guess it skipped a generation because my mom doesn't do spicy, but I do. So what happens to your body? Like, is it okay? Because sometimes I like spicy food, but then my body later doesn't like the spicy food. Oh, well, here, down here. But like really what happens? Farther down, but yes. When you take a break, when you take a bite out of that, like a 10 or 11 or 13, 14. Yeah, you like instant headache. Your brain's like trying to catch up like what's happening, right? But there will come a point where everything just like calms down. And you'll actually just, shuts, it just shuts down too. Yeah, it shuts <laughs> not down. me, not me, not me. And then I don't know. Of course, when it comes down, it comes down fast. It is what <laughs> it is. Right? When it does. Oh, uh, yeah. So how do you handle it, Will? And I, and I gotta warm myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after I'm done, after I'm done with the the beads of sweat that are pouring yeah. out, you know, and yeah. and I have the, the just the, the aroma of uh, garlic and peppers seeping out my my pores. Yeah. I have to realize, like, okay, well. I think uh, either later tonight or tomorrow, I'll pay for it. And mm-hmm. it never fails. The older, <laughs> the older I get, it's like the less my body can take it, yes. but I still want to eat it. So, okay. you know, it's, it's a, I got to take the good with the bad. And normally it's a lot more bad, but it's still so good. So wow. you just pay the spice piper is what you do. It's yeah. It's a natural. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's a, yeah. My, and you know, uh, it, it, exactly. It's a natural detox. I like how you put that. Cause yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, okay, well, instead of using magnesium citrate, you know, to clean my system, let's just go get some right. food at an 11 or a 12 and I'm set for the week. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's cray, cray, cray. So do you have an option in your menu for like a spice level like that? Like a, yeah. like a secret. So <laughs> that I'm, so it's, it's funny you mentioned that. So on our truck, we actually have uh, BYOG. And what that actually stands for is build your own gumbo. You okay. get a chance to put whatever proteins you want, your spice level, your seasoning level, your herbs, and everything. So we actually have, uh, let's say with the peppers, we have poblanos, you know, for people with the weak palates. Then we have jalapenos, we have serranos, we have habaneros as well. And then occasionally we'll get the, um, the Thai chili peppers, the bird's eyes as well. But those are literally few and far between. But yeah, the spice level, you got to be able to you know, kick it up. If you're eating my food, you got to have some sort of a palate that you know may sting you, but it's going to be so delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good for you anyway. I mean, try it. You're on the Culinary Council with me for Three Square. Um, you're also involved in Creative Change, a nonprofit dedicated to educating children in healthy eating. So, why are these specific causes so important to you? Getting kids to 
to cook meals, you know, even in the underprivileged areas, there's still options where they can make something gourmet with the fruits, the vegetables and whatnot that they have at hand. Cause not everybody, you know, has a, a whole foods or a trader Joe's or a sprouts next to them. Sometimes you got to work with what you got. And with a lot of these kids, you know, it's like they got the 99 cent store, they have, you know, a low end grocery store, dollar general, whatever they're called. And so, um, I love the fact of being able to take those items and those ingredients, and especially at the schools, you know, when we did those before, obviously COVID and whatnot, um, we used to go to schools and the kids had the guards. They were so right. stoked and excited about it. And I was like, Oh man, you guys, you guys actually know how to grow a garden that you're better than I am. You know, yeah. and plus with the, with the kids, we look at it. I wish that that would have been something that we had in school when I was young, you know, so it would have spurred me forward a lot faster and things that I wanted to do. But you know, I look at it. Hey, this is where we're at now. Being able to give back to the kids three square, you know, love, love helping those guys out every single year. I want to say for what, 15, 13, 14 years, you know, I've been working with these guys, you know, whether it was having the donation box, you know, in, in one of my dojos or now, you know, working with the, the culinary council and those guys, it's, it's something that as chefs, you know, a lot of people just in general, a lot of people take, 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 and not, um, they don't give back, which yeah. is something that, when you do pay it forward, it obviously will come back to assist you later on in life too. You know, you, you talked about your dojo and I just heard you mention martial arts a few times, which is a Louis thing as well. Um, (laughs) so how does the philosophy of martial arts, you know, I don't know, apply to your cooking career because there's so much discipline involved with martial arts. And then you, you actually nailed it on the, on the head right there. As far as the discipline. Um, I mean, I've got black belts in several systems, a box before I've got a, uh, master in Kempo, which is, you know, arguably hands down the best system out there. I mean, it encompasses, encompasses everything. So just like with the uh, Cajun Creole cuisine, how it be, how it's being the, uh, the initial fusion food, that's how Kempo is to me. So that I actually gravitated towards that years ago, just because of the fact that we grapple, we hit, we, you know, hand strikes, kicks, every single thing, offense, defense, um, weapon work and so forth. And with the martial arts, being able to, again, teaching kids, teaching adults, having um, fighters that are still fighting today, you know, guys I run into, and that actually helped me transition because once I got out, I want to have all my faculties together. And I got out, started a health and wellness business and I actually ran the nutrition and the um, personal chef portion of that. And I was like, okay, this is great, but it was too regimented for me. I want to actually get out that comfort zone, as you just mentioned, and do something that was me. And, you know, this is where Craven Creole with my uh, other company, Rage and Cajun Cooking, it allowed me the flexibility to kind of bounce and go do whatever I wanted, you know, from private parties, catering gigs, and now with the food truck, you know, I put the martial arts in there at all times. Um, as far as with the food, you know, it's, there's different levels, just like there is in the martial arts world, those different levels of, you know, degrees from white belt to yellow, all the way up to black belt. And then there's different parts in between there as well. Speaking of the food truck, uh, I know you're pushing for a permanent food truck lot here in Las Vegas. It's something that a lot of big cities have and and we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I think it hurts the the truck, the food truck community that we don't have something like that. Jolene Menina was very smart in the past to bring all those food trucks together when she had her food truck. Um, it's awesome that there are people like they're that doing that kind of thing, but a lot would make a big difference. Uh, why do you think a lot would work here? Will? Um, 
a lot would actually work perfectly here in, in Vegas, uh, whether it's downtown or whether it's in, in the Summerlin area. Um, having a lot for trucks is just like having the arts district right now for the restaurants, whether it's uh, James at, at Esther's Kitchen, um, Bruce Common, who's going to be opening up his barbecue spot here soon. They're all in it together and they're all linked up as, as one. They feed off each other. They work with each other. And every person that goes, let's say, to the art district restaurants, they actually will go to multiple spots at once on the same day, which benefits everybody. I think with the food truck, a lot of us having one out here, it'll benefit all of us because, you know, you think about it, you see one truck that's all by itself, people are kind of hesitant. I think with a lot, having that um, would be a viable resource for us food truck and trailer operators because now we actually have something to generate flow of business, one, but then two, it's consistency. Instead of us having a, you know, a brick and mortar, which obviously we don't have, it allows people to be like, hey, they can take a look at the schedule, see when we're at a certain um, lot, and they can all flow in, kind of like having a foodie fest, but cut down a little bit. What do you think a perfect Vegas night would be for you? Um, who would you be with? What restaurant would you eat at? And would you have an after hours? <laughs> okay, so best... Uh, the best person obviously would have to be my wife, you know, date night and, and so forth. Uh, being selfish, I would say my food truck would be the only spot I go to, but in all reality, <laughs> um, I mean, we love, <laughs> yeah, we love Momofuku. Um, I love Kai's, uh, Kai's spot, Mordeo, and then finish it off at, you know, whether it's a local, local bar, um, maybe even sometimes just plan a little bit, obviously not now because we're trying to keep, uh, keep ourselves safe, but that would probably be the, the ideal day. Then come home, watch Netflix, and then pass out on the couch. Netflix and chill. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to show exactly. and tell. <laughs> um, show and tell, Will. Uh, do you have something for us for show and tell to show us? Ooh, excited. I actually do. So my show and tell, and it's going to seem kind of odd, but my show and tell is actually my notebook. I carry a notebook with me or pieces of paper everywhere I go. I've always got a paper, two pens on me, pockets, because I never know when I'm gonna have some sort of inspiration. I never know if I'm like, hey, you know what? I wanna add this to the menu. I could be in the middle of, you know, anything going on. It could be in the middle of watching TV. I'm like, shoot, pause. I gotta get up, go write something down. I literally have papers everywhere. I carry a backpack that has four different notebooks that are just like these composition ones. I've got everything on me. So my biggest tool in the kitchen and my show and tell is the notebook because it's got my contacts. It's got our, my schedule as far as where we're going to have the truck at for the day. It's got recipes. It's got things that I want to actually um, brand out, branch out with. It's got a product line. So that is actually my biggest tool more so than a knife, um, more so than, you know, my cutting boards. It's got to be my notebook. So what I notice is like, I get a big pile of papers and notebooks and I'm like, where the hell is that one thing? Like, how do you organize it after? <laughs> like, what's, what's your trick, your tool? Like the way that you look back and be like, okay, I know where everything is and I'm organized. Or are you just going with it like me? I have these, oh. I, have, I have plastic bags of specific things everywhere. On there my food go. truck, at home, my office, is, we have an office upstairs, but my main office is actually at the dinner table because it's right by the kitchen. So yeah, for me, for organiz organizational purposes, I have Ziplocs with everything. Ziplocs for my receipts, Ziplocs for specific recipes, like my Cajun Creole recipes, 
I have Ziplocs for uh, Indian recipes. I got Ziplocs for every single thing you can possibly come up with. And so I'll go, I have marked and then I'm like, okay, I know it was in one of these Cajun Creole recipe bags. It's awesome. I'm going to put that to good use. I'm going to grab some zip blockies and just put them <laughs> <desk> upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. <laughs> it's crazy. They're all over the place. And like when I was moving, I was like, what the hell? It's like I'm finding them on random piles, like random shoe boxes. I have like jewelry and like some recipes in there. It's like it's so weird. Freaking stupid, yeah. crazy hashtag so, chef life. I'm like trying to find like a little organizer. I'm like it's like a file organizer and it's small. It has to be small because it's yeah. got to fit my receipts and I got to be able to tuck it in this shelf and all that. Yeah. Block. Why didn't I yep. think of that? That's genius. Yes. All right, Lou, let's move on to On the Fly. On the Fly. Well, what that is is 60 seconds, rapid fire questions. Just like a chef on the line, you got to make a decision really quick. Favorite spicy food? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Vindaloo. Okay, good one. Pandemic comfort food? Uh, chicken and dumplings. Best swear word? Motherfucker. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, uh, to fly. Had to have to be. Dream spot to travel and eat. Bali. It was uh, my wife's first place she wanted to go when we had our first date. Good one. Your Cajun cooking soundtrack. <laughs> uh, uh, there's this group called Mute. M-E-U-T-E. They, uh, they have, it's not Zydeco, it is off the charts. I actually got introduced to it over the quarantine. That is my soundtrack along with, uh, yeah, that has to be the number one. I mean, I could put Common on that list, Black Eyed Peas, obviously, you know, cause I make them with the food, but Mute is my new favorite right now. Dude, okay. good use of Zydeco. That's like such a random, like New Orleans, Louisiana, <laughs> Southern kind of music. It's just so specific. Right. Um, yes, it is. Best thing about food truck life. Best thing about food truck life. Freedom to freedom to be me. Freedom to, to bring up new things to people. Um, just it, it's a it, food truck life allows creativity. You can literally switch up your menu every single day of the week. Awesome. What's the worst thing about food truck life? The fact that you can switch up your menu every single day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Blessing and a curse. Last yes. question. Your most impressive dish. Ooh. My most impressive dish, I would probably have to say, uh, because I get it requested a lot, is my jerk chicken salad. Mm. All right. <laughs> we are so in for that. We're in. Um, last thing. Let's go ahead and sell it for Craven Creole. What do you want people to know? It's your time. Go. Hey, uh, with Craven Creole, I want everybody to know that you can check us out on cravencreole.com. You can look at our schedule, cravencreole.com backslash calendar. You can order online. You can place orders ahead of time. Um, we actually are able to come to you, and we're going to also start offering delivery services. But the biggest thing about Craven Creole is that we are a local-owned business looking to turn franchised out, but we want to have everybody on board and be Craven Creole every single day of the week. You can literally come up to us like, Hey, do you guys have X, Y, Z, whether it's gumbo, whether it's jambalaya, 
we have the variety that we believe everybody is seeking. You know, like you mentioned earlier in the, the bit, it's not just, uh, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers, which is American food. Cajun Creole food is literally the, the amalgamation and the origination of what this country, you know, real food is built on because it literally stems from every single culture. And with me, myself, I'm mixed with so many things. So it actually speaks to my soul. And I actually want to speak to everybody else's soul that we reach out there. Awesome. Bro, we are so here for it. We love Cajun Creole food. We will come see you very soon. You and thank you so much. I look forward yeah. to it. Yeah. All right. Keep it I spicy. I appreciate you two having me on uh, all day long. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. If you like what you've heard, please like, share, and subscribe. We stream new episodes every other Monday. We love hearing from everybody, so please get social with us on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Plus, check out my cooking blog at FromChefWithLove.com and Louis's amazing photography at LouisVicta.com. It's been a pleasure. We're 86 till next time.